G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Guitar Wank Podcast, episode 212, not to be confused with 211, which uh, was done twice, and a lot of confusion out there. Man, there's a lot of confusion everywhere right now. <laughs> How are you? You doing alright? Oh my god. 2020, what a fucking year this has turned out to be. Man, um... <sighs> yeah, interesting times, guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's for sure. But we're going to uh, soldier on with Guitar Wank Podcast, keep it going. I know uh, we had a, a little bit of a downtime there just due to the fact of everything going on and, um, yeah, just crazy life things happening at the moment. But we're, we're soldiering on. Uh, if you did see 2.11 posted twice, it was because it wasn't posting to iTunes or S- Spotify or anywhere, I think except on uh, just on the website we were trying to work it out I don't know so I posted it again uh, posted the episode again with Eric Singer the drummer from Kiss hoping that it would uh, rectify itself and apparently I think it did I think we're working on it we're trying to find out what happened went wrong we've got the IT people working on it trying to get through that so um, uh, anyway I hope you got to check that out um <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, we had Kiss's dr- drummer on the show, Eric Singer, and an amazing story. I mean, I had no idea the guy played with Gary Moore, did a bunch of tours with Gary Moore, did a bunch of tours with Brian May. I mean, he played with some serious cats, and then to be playing in one of the biggest all-time rock and roll bands of the world and wear makeup and do his thing as well. So we've got more episodes of that. I think we've got at least another two from Eric coming. So if you're not a Kiss fucking fan because I know I had one comment it was like what the fuck Kiss's drummer I serious dude I mean I don't know I kind of feel like saying pull your head out of your ass mate because I mean it's all stories I just want to hear great stories and the fact that he played with Gary Moore and Brian May two of the most amazing guitarists that have ever walked the earth in my opinion I wanted to hear the stories so if you didn't like it, fast forward. It's that easy. Or don't listen to it. But anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great, and I, I thank Eric for coming across. But um, today we're going to continue with uh, some other guests. But um, in the meantime, we are working on a new website. We're working on a new merch site. We're working on a bunch of new stuff in this downtime. And... Uh, but yeah, we're all dealing with a lot of shit at the moment, that's for sure. Just, I hope everyone's healthy, man. If you haven't got your health, <laughs> nothing matters. Every, all, everything goes out the window if you have not got your health. So um, if you're dealing with some heavy health issue, issues, I send you lots of wishes and hugs and prayers and just good thoughts because that's heavy just to get through life with health issues it's that's that's a lot of shit especially living in america with the lovely healthcare system that <laughs> is here what a fucking catastrophe it is but anyway besides all that we get back to guitar we have the amazing uh one of bruce's friends and guests on the show today which i'm super excited about yes we have the amazing Corey christiansen <laughs> Did I say that? Christensen. Christensen. 
There you go. <laughs> I think I brought it up in the show. Corey's on the show. He's a great man. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's a great player. He's a great human being. And um, even though I haven't met him in person, it was really cool to talk to him. Just a knowledgeable guy and just great energy, great vibe. And if you get to check him out or get to have a lesson with this guy, go do it. I know he does some lessons online and that. We talk about it all. But super cool cat. And thank you, Corey. It was a pleasure, mate. You were, you were a real top bloke as we would say down under uh so yeah also of course you know bruce is doing his uh his day his shows live at five with grumps check him out give him some shit go say g'day um you know he's just entertaining and doing his thing and giving back and and you also get to see the amazing bruce foreman just shred on the guitar also for patreon members um I know we're, we're trying to make up here a lot of lost ground, but we're, we're doing our best now. We're getting... Uh, Bruce is making one-minute, just little one-minute teaching videos. Just throw something at you, a little nugget that you can run with. Um, there's three of them so far, and, I mean, I feel blessed that I'm in the driver's seat here because I'm getting all this information and loving it. It's like every one minute with Bruce, and you're like, all right, there's another lifetime lesson. I've got to add that to the um the educational belt so bruce awesome so we're posting them um at least one a week on patreon so if you're a patreon member and you've been so supportive and supporting guitar wank you guys are getting those if you're not a patreon member um well you don't get that but we're going to try and get i'll i'll post one of them so you can see what it's all about um, we'll post one of them of bruce and that and hopefully we'll get scott to do that and as well and uh that'd be really cool too to have scott and bruce post these one minute videos of just little golden nuggets you can just instantly take away and your playing will be better as we all need more tutorials and teaching videos <laughs> at the moment there isn't enough to learn right but anyway it's really cool to get another another uh, yeah view from someone like bruce or scott that's awesome all right so there you go we're all surviving we're being told to stay indoors now we're all going out and protesting then we should be back indoors we should be protesting you idiots that are looting fucking stop it that's just dumb as shit to be looting at this time fucking idiots i gotta say that well you fucking idiots um now there you go there's my rant uh i hope your family is safe i hope you're you're hanging in there and whatever you're dealing with i hope guitar wank just gives you guys a little bit of peace (laughs) or it fucking drives you nuts and makes you more mad one of the two we would like a reaction remember guitarwank at gmail.com make sure you put it in the heading we get so much freaking spam it's ridiculous it's hard to go through the shit so put what the gist of the subject in the subject line so we know what's going on so we know it's not spam because we get so much bullshit spam fuck (laughs) um yeah so there you go i think that's it make sure you check out bruce live at five grumps are wednesdays and saturdays and uh we have more coming hopefully i'll get another episode up for next earlier next week so we'll catch up here a little bit all right episode 212 of Corey christianson right did i get that right Corey? <laughs> i don't know why i butcher names it's my job and i do it well sir 
Alright, we'll catch up with you guys shortly. Be safe, stay cool, keep wanking, and um, we'll see you all next episode. Thank you. Oh, by the way, the end tune on this, so people aren't asking at the end of the tra- uh, this episode, it's a Greg V track from his uh, Trip- Tripador Tailgate, I think it is. Check it out. It's an amazing album. We love Greg V. He's so badass. Great player and um, great track. So um, I think it's called Sunset to Something. I'm only seeing the name here. Sunset to Something. Anyway, check out his album. It's awesome. If you haven't got it, you should go get it. All right. uh, Off to the races. Thanks, guys. Be safe. Sort of like a Jewish mother, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's similar. <laughs> but but almost so polar opposite that you've just gone full circle, probably. Ah, okay. All right, well. Corey, how you going, mate? Good. What's up, Troy? 
Not much. Bruce, I can hardly hear you. Can you hardly hear me? Okay, what am I supposed to do now? Oh, that's, uh, that's a little bit better. Were you getting closer to the mic, or what are you doing? Yeah, I can also put on headphones that'll have a, a microphone closer to me. You want me to do that? If you want. I'll try it. Let's see if it works. <laughs> uh, Corey, where are you at? I'm in uh, northern Utah, um, in a very small town called Smithfield. Is that where the Cowboys are from? There are some cowboys here for sure. Nice. Yeah. It's yeah. It's got to be hot out there, right? It's actually kind of cold right now. Uh, yeah, I, it's still kinda, it's still kind of chilly, you know. It's but we also have these just crazy temperature swings because it's the high desert, you know. Like even in the summer, the temperature will swing like thirty degrees, you know, forty degrees. The, the last few nights I've been, I started watching Westworld, so I kind of figured, is that part of your world? God, I don't know. I haven't watched that. I, I, I have to Google it really fast. Uh, Let me see. Uh, it's all, man, it's all no Western bother. stuff. Yeah, it's all Western shit. I just imagine it's kind of Utah. Westworld, I think, was Arizona, oh, Troy. Not even close. Well, no. Yeah. Utah is the state north of Arizona. You know? Hey, you remember you're talking to... I don't even know where Los uh, Angeles is. I know, but you'll tell us how to run our country, but you don't know where anything is. No, exactly. That's 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 how I roll. Okay, yeah. here here goes the microphone. Watch yourself. Oh yeah, well, Westworld's like Southern Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures now. Yeah, it's like the southern part of my state. Totally. Okay, dude, can you hear me, or did I just blast you out? No, it's actually it's that clearer. Was good. Okay. Really well, that's the first it time anybody ever said beautiful. that about me. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds beautiful. Wow. Well, Bruce, why don't you do the honors, sir? Okay. Well, everybody, welcome to another quarantine edition of Guitar Wank, where we're socially distant beyond six feet, more like 600 miles. And, and right now we have a dear friend of mine, well, he doesn't really self-associate that way, but I consider him a dear friend, a person I admire, a great, great guitar player, even though he's young, fucking younger. And um, he's just got such an amazing history that you're going to hear about, but he works all around the world, and he's not afraid to let everybody know where he lives. Mr. Corey Christensen. Woohoo! All right. Chris Christiansen. Christiansen. Yeah. Okay, Christiansen. It's got an E at the end, and st like Henriks and Amps. It's got the E. He's coming from the Nordic thing. What's you know? Yeah, De De Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. that what's going on? I was like, who the hell just messes up Christian Christiansen to make it harder for us Aussie to Christiansen? Yeah, the, yeah, that would be you know one of uh, one of my Danish grandfathers. Wow. So. You come from good stock. That's a good part of the world. Thanks, yeah. They're good people, that's for sure. Well, yeah. Well welcome, Corey. That's a pleasure, man. Thanks, man. Hey, I'm 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 uh, I'm happy that you guys asked me to do this. It's uh, hey, man. It's yeah. an honor. It took a quarantine to get you on here, but other than that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. And so and so I'm filling in for Scott. Am I the uh yeah. Scott replacement? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Being, hey, I'll give you the rundown. Just be an asshole and say tons of stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I'll, be, 
<laughs> yeah, and only talk about yourself. Yeah, and only talk about myself, and then I'll, and then I fed it for Scott. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, it's and just okay. keep saying how much you suck as a guitarist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's easy. That's easy to do. I'll, uh, I'll 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 dig deep, but I, I'll try and I'll try and rise to the challenge here. <laughs> no, we we love Scott. We miss him dearly. He's probably I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he can't be doing much, but he's doing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so he's great. He's he's given a Zoom lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah. He got mad at me today for calling him and and saying, "Hey, we got Corey. Let's do it tonight." He's just like. You got to give me more advance notice. It's like, what the fuck, man? I'm your friend, you know. It's like, let me give me give me the number of your press secretary or your appointment secretary. Uh, honey, I fucking Bruce, more, more time. It's like you're yeah. in the middle of quarantine. Nobody's doing it. Right, right, right. Bruce, oh, you have two. You have two gigs right now. I what, know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, why don't I call him now and say, "Hey, Scott, you ready?" Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. He he was really kind of a a prick today on the phone you know it's like was what it's like reminding me of those days when you had a gig with somebody and they didn't show and then you called them up you they you called them up like to let them know that they flaked on the gig and they get mad at you yeah <laughs> that's awesome oh well that's too bad i i would have loved talking with scott too so scott if you're listening to this you know, we'll, we'll, We'll eventually connect. I, he's never yeah. listened to one episode. <laughs> no, no. No, he's smart. He doesn't listen to these, you know. But anyways, Corey, why don't you give us a, a quick rundown, you know, like how a talented, good-looking, smart guy who has all these <laughs> skills would, would even remotely bother to get into jazz guitar. Man, you know, I mean, I, it's and it's even weirder than than even that because I grew up in this really small rural area of of uh, northern Utah. You know, I mean, my dad was, um, you know, teaching guitar at the university, like, but but really, it's a very small area. But uh, you know, right on the border of um, uh, Idaho, you know. So, like, um, if anybody's seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite, like. The valley that that was filmed in, that's kind of where I live. It's the valley split between Idaho and Utah. But my dad always brought home great records and stuff. And so, um, you know, I just, it was just one of those things where I was like, man, I just started checking out the, the, the music when I got in my teens. And, and really, I, I mean, it, you know, it's like a familiar story, right? You hear like a really great Miles Davis record and you're like, oh, I got to I think I, I think I got to figure this out. And then, and then you just get sucked in you know, to it and it becomes this passion and, um, and this just quest, you know, and I'm, and I'm still on it, of course, you know, like everybody else. I mean, you know, you, I, I don't know if you ever really figure it out, but, um, but, um, you know, that's where I'm, um, you know, that's, I guess how I got into it and why, why I'm still here. Uh, hello? So I think we lost Bruce there for a second. <laughs> Finally, my plan worked. <laughs> it worked. Hey, now it's just us. This uh, is great. This, this is, is Corey, this is a complete like hostile takeover of guitar <laughs> way. Corey, I've been planning this for years, mate. <laughs> He's coming back. Hey, what are you doing? I don't know. I, I something happened to my phone. Sorry, I, 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 I was I fell asleep during Corey's life story and. Uh, 
Man, I must have hit the wrong button. That's it. The whole show's blown out. We blew it again. <laughs> oh, did we? Oh, shit. And now, now I've got some fucking weird-ass picture on my screen. Oh, it's me. Holy shit. I look like that? Fuck you. Okay. Is Corey still there? Corey, you here? Oh, we've lost Corey. <laughs> this is great. This Get is... him back. All okay. right. I just said it was it, it, everything worked out, and uh, then we lost Corey. I, yeah, it was my fault. That's all right. I was like, we're, we're, we're still recording, right? Oh, yeah. They, yeah good, good, good. <laughs> Three thick and thin. This is like the Titanic going down. Man, man, we're, we're, we, this is the commitment we have to the wankers. <laughs> we show them where we live. Corey? Well, Corey? Hey, Corey. Oh, well. <laughs> Anyways, how far do you get in this life story? What did I miss? Uh, I, I, I... You were asleep. You didn't get it either. <laughs> no, I was... No, he just started. It was just started. Where is he? Come back, Corey. Hang on. Let me... Let me... Okay. Come on, Troy. I've, I've You're got, almost as bad as Grumps with this. I've shit. already got him on. <laughs> hey, I've got him on the line, but apparently he's not there, so we might have to uh, unavail. Corey's unable. All right, I'm going to hang up on both of you and dial both of you again. Okay, but keep recording. I like this. <laughs> I just hung up. I just hung up on Bruce. Let's call Corey first because <laughs> he's way more interesting. <laughs> All right. Okay, take two. No, this is how we just do the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, nice. on, I'm bringing Bruce back in. Okay. <laughs> we lost. We we got you. Then we lost you. Then we lost Bruce. Now we got hopefully both of you guys. Bruce, are we here? Only there. Oh shit. Oh man, Corey, Corey, I'm so sorry. I just fell asleep during your life story and, and I <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong funny because I, I had actually started telling him about how I you know, I, I'd gotten these uh, Bruce Foreman records in my teens and that's what made me wanna, you know <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it, yeah. yeah, I mean that probably sent me to the liquor cabinet and then I, it fell over on me. <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. next thing, next thing, I know you're gonna like do a class action suit against me or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've already sent out a mass emailing. There's a lot of people that are gonna uh, lawyer up. Yeah, it's okay, man. Come get it. You know, come yeah. get it. You know, yeah. right now, especially since I'm making so much money playing gigs. You know, right. Yeah, it's a perfect time to to you know predominantly be a performer. You, know, yeah. you might you might want to look into a side hustle of owning a grocery store. Well, I'm actually making toilet paper. I don't know if you've seen my show, but I'm making toilet paper and paper towel charms for charm bracelets and earrings. I think. Nice. Yeah. Well, since people really covet that such stuff so much, I figure it'd be like the perfect. You know, anniversary gift, Valentine's gift, kind of thing. You know, why why make toilet paper when you can just make the charm in you know, in gold? In, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. In gold. You might want to look at something more like copper for your audience. Okay. You yeah. Well. Yeah. So, Corey, well, I, didn't say, you... I didn't say real gold. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Corey, are you born and bred in Utah, or what's what's 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. I grew up in northern I grew up in northern Utah, real small town. Um and uh you know, honestly, like, you know, like I mean Bruce kinda understands, you know, some of this stuff. I mean, I grew up bucking hay when I was a kid, you know, working on farms here and there and you know, I had some jobs for a few summers that were like pretty hard manual labor and um but uh yeah man i just got into the guitar thing real early because my dad uh, was a professional guitar player and um and I, I got a degree you know at utah state university then i ran down to florida and i studied with this great guy uh jack peterson who's kind of you know like Kind of a legendary educator, really. You know, he was, I think, the first real guitar teacher they had at Berkeley in the 60s and then started the North Texas program, and then he moved to Florida. That's that's where I caught him. So, um, Oh, wow. So, so I had some really great, you know, I mean, I had some really great, uh, you know, early uh, mentors for sure. And you, your dad was a guitar player. Yeah, well, still yeah. is. Yeah. He's a really good, really good guitar player. Yeah, he's great. Oh wow, yeah. that's yeah, that's gonna yeah. help. Yeah, don't you just hate guys like that? The rest of us have to work at it, but these fucking kids and their fathers, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like think about it. I mean, Larry Coots and Anthony Wilson and Corey Christiansen and <laughs> Gerald Clayton. I want to like fuck those guys. Need their own union. You know what I mean? <laughs> the rest of us don't get a chance with shit like this. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had some advantages. You know, and I, Bruce, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my dad was friends with Johnny Smith because Johnny lived in Colorado, right? I mean, he moved from New York to Colorado, and Johnny used to fly those little single-engine planes. Right. So he'd, he'd fly from Colorado Springs up to Logan and hang out. And, yeah. Um, and so... I grew up, you know, like, you know, every summer, you know, or every other summer, whatever, like, you know, like Johnny Smith was coming to, you know, to, to hang out and he'd spend four or five days or, you know, whatever. And, um, oh, it was great, man. When I was a kid, I, I could run to the, you know, my parents would say, well, you, you know, you got to go to bed, but I'd break out of that, you know, of, of my um, bedroom. I go sit at the top of the stairs and listen because Johnny Smith would just be playing guitar all, like all night in the living room. Yeah. Oh, man. It was killing, you know. Oh, like, yeah. So I was like, you know, 10, 12 years old, and that's just, that was that was my first experience with jazz guitar was like listening to Johnny Smith play in my living room while I was supposed to be in bed. Wow. That's nuts. And I, I remember that time because I knew Johnny, and, you know, I used to play in Colorado a lot, so I'd get a chance to hang out with him then, and he was, he was, equally enthusiastic about the airplane thing as he was about the guitar thing you know oh and and you know he was he was a great fisherman he liked to hunt and fish you know all that he was an outdoorsman you know yeah. so like colorado worked out great for him you know yeah so so anyway that was yeah i mean that was you know, it was, it was a little strange because when people, you know, when I was younger, they'd say, who's your favorite guitar player? I'd say Johnny Smith. I mean, nobody, you know, knew, like n nobody that was into pop culture knew who Johnny Smith was, right? But, um, but um, you know, sets, sets the bar kind of high when that's, you know, your first ex you know, experience <laughs> with jazz. <laughs> Damn. So you could kind of blame it on him, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind there of, you go. 
Oh, yeah, it's, you know. partially, yeah, it's like 72%, you know, Johnny's fault. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, you know, I just fell in love with the, with the music and then, you know, just the sound of the guitar. And so um, even though I was not in an area where there was a lot of different influences, the influences that I had, though they were few, were like really profound, you know, and like... You know, when you're when you're growing up in Smithfield, Utah, man, you can't really like take for granted if somebody comes and does a gig, you know, like at the school or whatever. Like I'm there. Uh, it's not like you like you blow off going to you know a concert that might be in the area, you know, right. because, because it's just like it would it, it would only happen a few times a year. So you you would <laughs> you had to take advantage of those those things. Wow! So you you got to see some great players dr- uh, growing up. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was really lucky, you know, because my dad, like I said, at the, my dad at the university, you know, he'd be bringing guest artists, and they, you know, I was you know, like, I was always, you know, allowed to kind of hang out, and um, so it was. Yeah, it was just an incredible. You know, all those experiences were really incredible. You know, that's not dissimilar from Troy. You know, you lived out kind of, you know, in the far reaches of australia you know what i mean and so like you had like tony calabro and certain guys but when guys came to town you know he was really pulling your tail to go make sure and check it out right yeah yeah for sure i mean it's it's almost a different thing you know like when you're in a big city and like every week there's a different guy you know right yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, and, and, and I understand that. I mean, sometimes I mean it could be hard to go see everything that's available. But where I lived, it was easy to go see everything that was available. But yeah, because there was such a lack of it. Like you really had to soak it up. You know, I mean, just soak it up. Yeah, that's um, that's that's a, the good thing about living in a small place. Because like yeah. living here in Los Angeles, I know there's more these amazing players coming through town all the time but man that'd be a full-time job to try and keep up with that shit you know right yeah well they ain't coming through right now (laughs) not now (laughs) good good i needed a breather yeah you haven't missed anything troy go back go back (laughs) crawl under your rock i haven't missed a thing that's good that's good so but um yeah you know and then um so anyway i was just very lucky you know, very lucky. And so Bruce is saying you you worked with Mel for Mel Bay for a lot while. You did that. Oh, thing. that was a great experience. Yeah, I got out of I got out of school, and I mean, you know, it's like you know, kind of a a, a very nice like you know a series of events. I, you know, I did some studio work for Mel Bay, that, and this was another connection that my my dad had, but I could read, and so. Um, uh, they, they hired me to do some studio work and um, uh, there was a couple things that was kind of interesting and you, Bruce I don't know I think I've told you this before but like when I was hanging out with Bill Bay who really is like the greatest guy ever I mean loves the guitar he has a passion for that business and passion for education and passion for like advancing you know guitar education he's just he was so fun to work with and just such a great guy but um, I was in between one of the sessions, you know, we were, we ran down to the Mel Bay um, retail store. That was, you know, Mel, you know, owned the store that sold guitars and, you know, books. And Bill gave me this 
And he gave me this book called Masters of the Plectrum Guitar. It's a big, thick book that Bucky Pizzarelli had put together for the company. And it was just chuck full of, of songs, you know, and tunes arranged by, you know, Melba had some, Bucky had some, Harry Velope, Carl Crest, Dick McDonough, George M. Smith. You know, like, you know, people that, um, you know, at the time, like, you know, what would this have been? Like mid-90s, you know, like... These were not household names, even amongst a lot of people that were playing jazz guitar. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that, Bruce? Like, a lot of people totally, sleep totally, on those names. Totally. And, Nobody uh, knows. I mean, everybody knows Eddie Lang, and then that's the end of all that entire generation of guitar players, right. pretty much. But, know? I mean, there, was, there were just so many, you know, there were so many cats, you know, that were, that were in that, you know, in that book. Like I said, the call Crest stuff was just so awesome. Oh man, Oscar Moore was in there, and Tony Matola, and Al Valente, and George Van Epps, and you know, I mean, there was just so many, and so I just was, I just was fascinated by all these early players, you know, and a lot of guys my age weren't, you know, at that time in the nineties weren't like studying all the rest. So, um, but uh, Bill had given me a, uh, you know, he gave me the book, and he's like, hey, man, there's one tune in there that Carl Crest did called Love Song. He's like, that was my favorite growing up. I used to listen to my dad play it, you know, like uh, in the house when I was going to bed. But, of course, I learned it, you know, because it was, the guy said, this is a great one. So I kind of listened to him, and I went, and I, and I learned that piece. And then uh, the next time I had a, a studio date there, like six months later, I was just playing it in the studio. So it was like, hey, that's pretty cool that you learned that. You know, learn that tune, but um, and I don't know if that had much to do with him offering me a job a year later. But you know, any, anyway, I yeah, he he hired me. I I became the, uh, the senior editor for the uh, publishing company, and it was a great gig. I got to uh, uh, travel all over the world and uh, try and. It just felt like I, I had to pick up a guitar and do that because that's such a great piece of music, man. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you guys could hear it, but... Yeah, we... You know what? It actually, it actually sounds like the 1940s. Anyways, Bruce, that's such a great piece of music. Bruce, what, yeah. what microphone are you using? Are you got your head... <laughs> I'm using... Uh, basically, this butt phonic thing I'm doing now. No, you should. Yeah, you should. Maybe go back to the other one. It's picking up a lot of your, a lot of your movement and everything around at the moment. Uh, well, you know, you told me to put the headphones in. Yeah, I don't think that's working. Okay, it's, you want me to pull the headphones out? Yeah, because it's picking up all your movements and everything, and so it's and it's crackling a lot. But the guitar actually did sound like it was coming from the 1930s, like someone had a record player going on. It sounded cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that is a great piece of music, right? I mean, it's, it's just, you know, too cool. What's that too track? Cool. What's that track? It's called Love Song by Carl Cross. Oh, we, did we lose Bruce again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, hang on. Hang on. If I, hang on. Let me. God. Yeah, add him because last time then you lost me. Yeah, I add. Yeah, <laughs> now he watch he won't answer. 
Was that what I went through? Um, and, and Troy, I don't know if you read my writer, but we only get one more of these. <laughs> that, that, that was mine. <laughs> I went through a lot of the Mel Bay stuff. I think I was a lot of the Mel Bay books, the reading stuff. It was great, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was a great, I mean, it was a really a great time in my life because, because what the company let me do was like, help them develop products, you know, uh, by knowing who all the great players were around the world. But they would... Ah, oh, there you are. Okay. They would let me... Um, hey, Bruce, I, I'm, I'm trying to finish my story. I, I should never have pulled that thing out. At least that's what she said. <laughs> yeah, saw that one coming a mile yeah. away. Yeah. So, Anyways, you, can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah, cool. what, what was that? Um... <laughs> Yeah, Corey was telling me about the Mel Bay stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, anyway, so I was just, I was on the road a lot, you know, and it's kind of what opened up my, my performance career, really, like on an international level, was that I was, you know, kind of tied to this publishing company. So it was kind of a unique way to get into the biz. It's it's how Bruce and I met, really, when you were doing Jazz uh, Masterclass Workshop up in uh, Carmel. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that was that was a Mel Bay connection because you had the big band, uh, the guitar big band book, and and um, you know. God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I came up and did one of your workshops. That was uh, really a lot of fun. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a cool program that you had. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it really it went for a long time, and then you know, everybody else found big money in jazz. So it pushed us out, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, well, you know, it, it happened in a lot of other areas, you know, like Barnes and Noble, and uh, you know, and Borders kind of pushed out the little bookstores. I mean, when those big jazz guys came in, they really pushed you out of Carmel. You know, yeah. Well, what happened was was like <clears throat> I, I got all tired because basically, you know, we, we were hitting what about the nineties, and no, no offense to your business. Corey, but yeah, it just started to feel to me that everybody was selling kids shit. Nobody was playing with them. Yeah, well, and, no, and I, well, I mean, that's that's that was that. I mean, that was true. Yeah, no, and you know, and and like, of course, we came upon videos, then DVDs and books, and you know, it was like yeah. this became this industry to sell kids a bunch of how to do shit, you know, stuff. Yeah, and and you know, having been a product of a of a world where you just, the old guys played with the young guys and showed you how to do it, you know, and yeah. gave you, you know, gave you a lot of shit. And how about this? Also and, an era when young guys hired old guys. Yeah. And so, Concept. and so that was it. And, you know, I mean, I just got frustrated and I had moved down here to Monterey from San Francisco where I'd lived, you know, my whole life. And, yeah. And, uh, and I just decided I was working with the Monterey Jazz Festival education program. So I knew all the kids in the schools and stuff. And I just yeah. said, no, this is what's going to happen. Every, every Monday at three o'clock after school, I'm in this place for two hours. Just come play. We're just going to play. That's it. Yeah, you right. know, no, no bullshit. You're just going to play with me and we're, we're going to learn by doing. And that started a workshop that, of course, you know, went for 12 years, ended up giving over 3,500 workshops new york chicago la san francisco monterey yeah uh, god numerous other towns and uh 
lots of guys just did their own thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's all about it. Was all I would say is like, here's the deal: you got to play with the kids. That's it. You know, if yep. it, if, it, if it's a one chord band, play a one chord band. If it's Giants, that's, what, that's, we that's what we did when I came in. You yeah, know, and, and and it was like. It really, I mean, when I think about all the the last of the kids, I mean, the kids, the kids wanted to play, the kids wanted to play giant steps with me, but I just knew one chord vamps. That's why we just played. One yeah, chord. well, you know, you know, smart man. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, like the last one, of the last of those kids. It's funny from that program is now entering school for his master's degree. You know, what I mean, because wow. I shut, I shut it down about eight years ago you know what i mean so it's like they've all but you know like he was probably in in middle school going into high school you know when we were sort of wrapping it up and i played with him for a few years and now he went off to miami he's coming to usc for his master's degree plays his ass off of course and uh you know it's just a lot of i mean it's i just i lament the days of of the multi-generational experience of music and because because like even at school i mean i love usc where i teach but it's like there's this hierarchy there's the teachers and there's the students and the you know like and i mean if if i were running that place not that i want to but if if i were i would make it a rule like hey if you're going to teach here you got to have the kids in the school in your band you know in one of your bands that's just the way it's got to be you got to have them doing projects with you it's none yeah. of this, like, I'm, I'm the big king that, that plays with my friends, and all you kids just play with your friends. Because, frankly, of the newer music that's coming out, I'm hearing a disconnect on you know, a generational context. And that's, well, not, totally. and that's not the kids' fault. The kids, no. The kids would welcome being part of our thing. It's that we kind of just hanging on to our thing, you know, and, and yeah. we're leaving them alone. And I hate to say it, I ah oh, fuck it, I'm going to go there anyways because I'm, yeah. I'm I'm ranting now. Um, you know, this, so, this whole world so, right now, this whole world right now is kind of like that. You know, here we are telling these kids, you know, quarantine, don't do nothing. You know why? Because you know it's it's us old people are, are like in danger. You know what I mean? If they go spreading the shit around, we're going to get fucked up. But meanwhile, back in the ranch, where were we when they needed to be part of our stuff? We were just doing our stuff and just kind of like selling them shit. You know what I mean? So as far as, I'm, you know, I mean, really, we need, you know, come on. We're asking them to give up their adolescence for us. And of course, it's smart for society and, and help. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, is where were we when they needed us? You know, we were selling them shit, not playing music with them. You know, um, it just pisses me off. Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think it's kind of a good point. I mean, you know, I think about how I came up and I literally every professor I had, I played in their band, you know, at some point. Yeah. You know, and in Utah, you know, for, for two years, I was telling you about this the other day, Bruce, like I had a, a mentoring band and it was me and, and one other, you know, guy that plays a lot in, in the area. And, you know, we would bring in a band of, of three or four other either, you know, uh, older college students or younger professionals. And then we would, you know, we, we had to deal with the club and the club would give us, you know, a night every month. And like, that's all we did. We played, we played with them. And yeah. it was, 
it was it was cool. You know, it was it was a good experience. How else are they going to learn the context of what they're doing? I mean, I'm not saying that they're not going to reject what we play and find their own way of playing because that's what every generation does. And it should do that, and that's what they're supposed to do. But yeah, but reject is, it after you have an idea. Without a generational context to it, and without a feeling of member, without a feeling of being a member of a community, it loses its continuity. And it loses loses its sociological meaning. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, well, and, and like I like I said, I mean, reject it after you have some understanding of it, right? You know, like know where it's coming from, and then be like, yeah, but that's that's not socially relevant for me, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I kind of get what I get the history of where this came from, but I'm going to take it and do something else that's more socially relevant. But that doesn't mean it needs to be more musically shallow, right? right? So, I mean, I yeah, I get. I mean, I totally get that. So, um, yeah. you know. I, I feel like my rant is over. That was re you're really good, man. You could be a shrink or something, you know, man. That yeah. was nice. nice. No, no one's ever been able to really calm me down that fast, Corey. You yeah, know, you, you get well, a medal for this one. Yeah, I'm really I'm, well. You know, I kind of feel like this is a job interview a little bit. You know. So. <laughs> Oh man, boy, you got this wrong. <laughs> yeah, I heard there's a lot of money. That's funny. Yeah, so I don't know. It's all good. You, it's all good. you traveled. You you traveled a lot, like internationally as well, or? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know. I mean, I was all I was all over the place. Uh, you know, either playing or you know, on assignment with the pub music publishing company, which was cool, which was all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was helping guys write their books. It was producing some of the videos. It was, you know, we started a record label. So I was kind of AR guy for the Mel Bay records thing, you know, for, for a little while. And it was just, it's just awesome, man. I got to hang out with all the, you know, like all the great, you know, all the great players that were my, that were my heroes, you know, it was, it, so it was, and then, you know, I was I was smart enough to just like, even though it was my job, I was always like, "Hey, what do you think about?" You know, like I was just asking a million questions. I'm sure I drove people nuts, you know. But it's like, you know, I would just I would I would go and I would you know technically be working, but really what was going on? I was just getting lessons like every day from you know the best players in the world. So it was great, you know. Just it really like an amazing time, you know. It's just hard to. Well, who was who was some of the players you were coming across in that time? Oh man, you know. Well, I mean, Bruce was one of them, and, and you know, and I'm not just saying that because he's you know like you know here on the air and 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 you know my pal. But I always had so much respect for him. Joe Diorio was was another one. Yeah. Uh, Vic, Vic Juris and I ha ended up you know like having a couple of different musical projects together, and I met him through you know uh, work that I was trying to do with him with the publishing company. We ended up doing. You know, uh, I produced one of his records, and and then he did a record, or a, like a live DVD thing with me in uh, DC at the Smithsonian, um, and then uh, we did a record together with uh, <laughs> the MB3, the MB3 record with me and Jimmy Bruno and Vic Juris, and and then Jay Anderson, Jay Anderson on bass and Danny Gottlieb on drums. I mean, the rhythm section was sick, good. I mean, it was like such a fun uh, project, but you know, there was. You know, we only did one record and, you know, one short tour and, um, you know, and then, you know, we 
kind of, I don't know, it's hard to keep three guitar players, you know, working in the same band, but, um, but that was, you know, that was a pretty, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was just an incredible time, you know, so like, just, you know, Troy, basically anybody that worked with the, you know, Mel Bay company from 2000 to 2007, like I was in the thick of it with those guys. Wow. So. That would have been cool. That would have been a really cool job. It was, it was amazing. I mean, it was just, it was an incredible experience, man. I mean, I just, you know, I got stuff. I remember I came down to help Joe do some stuff and he kind of helped hook me up with Richard Smith and Frank Potenza uh, at USC. And so they hired me to do a masterclass and um man it was really cool i was uh I, so i played part of the masterclass just duo with joe uh, diorio and we got done and you know he, he said to me after he goes hey you know i mean he was very nice and, you know very complimentary but he said hey man keep keep working on your sound you know and i was like okay but I, you know i was like oh, what does that mean you know i I didn't really ask any other questions. That wasn't very good. But like four months later, I played a gig with Vic Juris. And Vic and I played a lot of gigs together. And um, we got done with the gig. And it was just weird because I hadn't told him anything about that story. And he said, hey, um, you know, and he'd always give me like one thing to think about. Like we get done with a run of gigs or we get done with a gig and we'd be eating dinner or breakfast or something after, you know, after the gig. And he'd say, he'd give me like one thing to work on. He was a really cool uh, mentor that way. And um, and I think he knew that I wanted, like I was asking questions. So it's like, I wanted him to, you know, get in, you know, kind of get up in my business a little bit, but he said, keep working on your sound, you know? And, um, I, um, so I finally, I, like I asked him, I'm like, Hey man, Joe said the same thing, you know, am I doing something wrong? And he's like, no, no, really. He said, and you know, and Bruce, you, you'll probably appreciate this. He said, no, like, and I said, do you mean like, my tone or whatever he goes well you know i mean that's always something that we have to work on but he's like he goes you know a lot of guys they start their line strong and they might end their line strong or their idea that you know comping or whatever but he said sometimes it gets a little vague in the middle like they get lost man you got to keep your sound going the whole time you know and don't just start strong he's like you have to have clarity through the whole idea and I was like, oh, okay, now I know what you're talking about. It was, it was incredible advice, you know. So how did, how did you take that and what did you do with it? Well, I just, you know, I mean, first thing is, you know, being aware you have a problem, right? <laughs> I mean, that's step one. And then... Um, I avoid uh, step one at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just started, I started to be more conscious of it and I just started to practice, I just started to practice, you know, and I like, you know, listen to myself, I'd record myself at gigs and I'm like, ah, oh, I hear what they're talking about, you know, right. there it got a little, it got a little weak, you know, and so, so I just started to be, you know, try and be a little bit more focused and a little bit more um, detail oriented, I guess, Right. you know, and, and to be honest, man, I you know, I'm still, I'm still practicing that, you know, I mean, when I, when I do, you know, a project or whatever, it's like, I, I've got both those guys kind of sitting on my shoulder saying, you know, like, keep working on your sound, you know, like my sound has to have integrity every, every time, like every note, every phrase, every idea, the sound, you know, can't be washy, I guess. I don't know, Bruce, does that make sense to you? Oh, totally. It's just like what the word sound means to the to, to certain people you know right. like to yeah. to uh to a guy who just hears it for the first time he thinks oh they're talking about my tone you know yeah. 
And no. that's, that's not what people are talking about when they say you're sound. Right. You know, that's, that's like a very different thing. It's a part of your sound. Yeah, right. It's not your sound. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And, you know, that's, that's really, you know, yeah. It's great advice, you know, and it, it's the kind of advice you could give to anybody at any stage of their career, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you know, you never, you never really. That's the thing. That's the thing in music that none of us ever conquer. You know, yeah. you know we, we we keep getting closer and closer and closer to it. The more we work on it, and the more we're cognizant of it, but we never really cross that bridge to where oh. My sound. This is it. You, you know, know I just, I was just, you know, I was just thrilled that, you know, like they would, uh, you know, like give me the advice. I mean, that's that's one thing that I've that I've really, you know, tried to uh, uh, do my my whole career is, you know, like try to listen <laughs> to to advice from people who have, you know, more to more to say or you know. I've, have been at it longer, you know, than, than me. I mean, it's, it's such a great thing because when you're in school, everybody gives you advice. When you're young, everybody gives, gives you advice. When you get a little older, there's not that many people, man. It's not their job, you know, to, uh, to give you advice. And, and you, you know, you, you get a lot of, Oh, you sounded great, you know, or whatever. So, so I like, I really, you know, appreciated those guys, you know, like, you know, telling me things that, you know, they thought would, would help, help me improve because I, you know, would go back home and practice those things and I did improve, you know, it was, it was great. Yeah. Is it after seeing all these players from all over, mate, did you, was it a running theme that you started to pick up with all these great musicians that you would get to see? Um, Say, say that again, Troy. Was it uh, you was cut it, out for just a second? Uh, was there a running theme? Like, was there something you started to notice with how they were achieving, or how they achieved their goals and stuff like that? I'm just, just curious if you saw you saw something in a lot um, of like running through all these players, like anything particular. Man, oh, I mean, I guess there was all kinds of things, but but you know, I mean, this will sound kind of cliche, but what I noticed was. Really, the difference between the great, great players that I was around and, you know, like, I guess, decent players, we could say, it, it wasn't how much they knew or how much they could, like, answer right on a test. It was how much they had conquered the most fundamental aspects of playing the guitar. You know, it, it was like the greatest players were just better at the fundamentals, you know, and I mean, Bruce doesn't have, I mean, when I say that, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, yeah, like, like, and I always use this analogy, you know, now that after all those, all that time with all those great guys and the things I noticed was their fundamentals were just so together. Like the most, you know, I guess what people would think maybe the most mundane things were, were just so together. And, you know, it's like the Olympics and I, I use this analogy a lot, but like, if you're watching, you know, like a gymnast at the Olympics, like I, to be honest, I can't really tell the difference that much between like, like the, you know, the, the, the uh, woman athlete that gets the gold medal or the one that gets the silver medal. I mean, that's like, there's stuff going on there that's just like, 
I don't know. It's it. You know, I can't tell, right? I'm, it's not my lane. Right. So I don't really, I don't really know. But what I do know is that, like everybody that's out there on that floor has a perfect cartwheel. Like it's probably, you know, it's it, they run really well. They do a really great cartwheel. They have a great, you know, round off. Their back handsprings are pretty slamming. You know, like these are motions that they've been doing since they were like three years old, right? Yeah. It's like the fundamentals. It's how they put all those fundamentals together that gets them to the Olympics. And then, like, what separates them from, you know, like the, you know, the really, really, you know, the elite, elite gold, silver, bronze level is, is just really like small, small stuff, right? I mean, they're all world class. So, but I've thought about that a lot. I'm like, man. Their cartwheels are killing. Like you can't, you can't even walk out there if you're like cartwheels not great. So I like as a guitar player, it's like, what's our cartwheel? You know? Yeah. Like, like, ask those questions to yourself if you're, you know, you're listening to this and you're a guitar player. It's like you want to get better. Well, what's my cartwheel? Like, it doesn't matter what we were talking, what we would be talking about. We could talk about any activity on the planet right now, and like. The guys that are the, you know, the best, the guys, and I, I don't mean that just as the men, like the guys, the people, like yeah. the men and the women that are the best at anything are great at the fundamental. Not great. They're perfect at the fundamentals. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's uh, a really good, I, I haven't heard of that for a while. We'll put it that way, which is really good to hear it. Another, another viewpoint, you know, so that's, that's yeah. cool. I like that. But that was, I mean, that was the thing, you know, like being around all those great guys I was like, man, the fundamentals are so great. And then how they applied the fundamentals, like in a unique way or with a, you know, cool substitution or, you know, some kind of, you know, heady science behind music or whatever, the way they'd apply it was really interesting. But they could, you know, I, I started noticing like, man, the reason that you can do that is because like you pick down and up really well on the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Like, like, both, like both motions are good. That's a fundamental. Or like you really understand like how major and minor triads lay out on the guitar. Wow, that's cool. You're good at that. Yeah. Those fundamentals are there, you know? Um, so, Cause I mean, I, that, was the, that was the common thread. Because anyway. I think a lot of music, well, I know it gets guitarist or for myself we sometimes easily get caught up with the flash and we see the the high-end stuff but we forget about that those fundamentals are the the foundation to everything yeah i mean going back to my olympics analogy man the only reason those people can do so many flips and twists at the end of that run when they're doing their floor routine is because all of that energy was built up by running and a cartwheel and several back handsprings right it's just building 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 and then it leads to this thing at the end that everybody notices as being miraculous right but what set them up man was the fundamentals yeah yeah that's uh good i like it I like it. I'll take that. You, you'll accept that answer? I'll, I'll, I'll take you know, that answer. And, but, you know, to wit, it's like, you know, and particularly now in the way a lot of it's presented is everybody's looking to do the the, the triple flip at the end. Right. Yeah. Without, without the other stuff. And it's like, you know, do they even know the song they're playing? Do they, you know, can they, 
you know, they sure they can play a burning end of a solo, <laughs> but can yeah. they even play an introduction? Can they play the melody right. of the song? Can they can they craft their part of in the song, depending upon whether they're the accompanist or the lead, the melody player, or whether they're right. both? You know, I mean. What yeah. is your role? What is what's the musical situation you're in? What's your awareness of of all the opportunities and things that you need to do here? Are you just playing music first of all before right. you execute your triple flip back whatever summer song? Yeah. You know, I mean, whatever the music is that. And guys, you know, let's face it, guys, you know, go after that before they like. I mean, just I mean, I can tell you walking down the hallway listening to people play the guitar. You know, and I mean, yeah. it shocks me if I hear somebody actually playing a complete piece of music rather yeah. than rather than one little part of it that's really flashy. Yeah. You know, because look, man, everybody can kill the blues lick at the last turnaround of the form. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there you go. But it's like, how'd you get to the four chord? Yeah. Like, can you do that? Can you actually get from the one chord to the four chord in a way that's interesting? I mean, you know, those are fundamentals, right? right. So there's your cartwheel, you know? There's your cartwheel. How's your cartwheel, man? Does your cartwheel suck or is your cartwheel okay? And and if you can't answer those questions honestly, then you're probably going to be stuck at a certain level, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, do you even know the songs you're playing? You know, I mean, how, what's, what's the likelihood of a successful, you know, uh, you know, improvisational foray over a piece of music you don't know? Right. You know, I mean, I mean, there's good there's a good there's a good argument for saying you should you have no business improvising over it until you know. It. You know, I mean, right? I mean, that there right. is, there is yeah. a good argument for that. You know, uh, yeah, well, I think not just a good argument. I think it's actually like probably the first part of the argument, you know, <laughs> like, 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 I, I mean, you know, I have this thing that I share with my students where I'm like, okay, for me, here's the hierarchy of the importance of things, right? Sounds number one, sounds like the most important thing, your sound. So now everybody's going to know you. So, so, you know, get a sound that you like, and then maybe other people will like it also. But you get sound by being able, like having technique. You have to have technique to get a good sound. I, that's just what I think. And then, you know, your time is, is the second thing I think is really falls into this, you know, into this thing. But then the third thing before melody and harmony and all that stuff, you got to know the form of the tune because if you don't know the form of the tune, it doesn't matter what chords you play. You're going to play them in the wrong place. It's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. So there's there's sometimes these really big things. And I you know I always tell people when they say, hey, well, I want to study with you. I'm like, man, are you sure? Because it's really like like I don't teach a lot of sexy kind of things or what people might think are, you know, like really cool or sexy. It's like, if you, you know, people that come to study with me, most of the time I find I'm like, even when they're really solid players, it's like, man, your fundamentals really need some work, you know. And so let's dive into the fundamentals and then let's talk about what those are. It's like there's fundamentals of harmony. There's fundamentals of technique. You know, there's fundamentals like Bruce is talking about, like knowing the tune, you know. I mean, God, you know, if you really know like four, four or five tunes, 
you can you can learn a lot of music by knowing four or five tunes, and I mean really knowing four or five tunes. So if you if you yeah. so basically you're saying know five jazz tunes inside and out until the cows come home, you're pretty good. You're good well, to go. Let's well, say you got let's say you got a good start. Yeah, you, that's a great start, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I. I mean, I have this other thing I do with them too, you know, my students too, where it's like, look, you know, I, I kind of like have these little umbrellas of learning, right? And it's like, look, you got to be able to play a blues. You got to be able to play a rhythm changes. You got to be able to play all the things you are because that's a tune that goes through a cycle or a tune like all the things you are, right? Right. And then, then, then you should know how to play a modal tune. Then you should know how to play a tune, honestly, like, like giant steps that has harmony that the tonal centers move in in um, uh, maybe bigger intervals or in different ways than just following the cycle of fourths or following you know whole steps like a tune like tune up uh, or the second half of record to me you know I mean like there's these categories of tunes and then learn a learn like a uh, you know like a Herbie tune or a Wayne tune um, you know like if you can l learn tunes that kind of fit in those categories yeah you're i think you're off to a pretty good start like you've learned how to learn tunes oh what do you think bruce am i out of my mind yeah, no 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 i think that yeah i mean i think you've got it i, I would i would kind of go for for first for like a, what i call the mother tunes before i you know start to go into the herbie tunes and stuff just to oh, sure. make sure, make sure not, they got in I'm, but you know that you would have yeah. 10 of those you're ready you know yeah. what i mean and, that, and i guess that's what i'm saying is it's not like you just only learn those one tunes but those are tunes that like kind of act as an umbrella like right like this is a tune similar to you know like the way the harmony moves is kind of like this like like i said okay so like i said tune up and Recorded me. Well, those tunes aren't really exactly like each other, but they have this thing where, like, it goes two five one, and then the one chord turns into the next two chord, right? So right, they're like right. the tonal centers go down the whole step. So I'm like, you know, like if if you can identify that and be like, hey, that happens quite a bit in music, then this is one of those things that you say, oh, okay, I can learn that because I've learned it before. Yeah. Right. Oh no, totally. You know, and that's the deal is why these certain tunes are so important because then you recognize the pattern as they happen. Yeah. You know, in, in other songs. And then, and of course, then, then you have new melodic information to put up on top of harmonic information you're familiar with. You know, exactly. I mean, do, do, you, you know. do you guys. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, do you guys think that. Sometimes, especially today, a lot of guitarists come at all this stuff completely the wrong way. Instead of just, dude, learn the song. Instead of coming from it as, okay, I've got to learn this jazz song and it's going to teach me this, it's going to teach me that. But back in the day, it would be just, all right, we're playing all the things you are. Wow, you've got to learn that because that's in the set and you just have to know it inside and out. So they, you guys back in the day were kind of learning all this shit without having all this heavy theory and heavy stuff on you first. Does that make yeah. sense? In a well, way? I mean, Corey and I are different generations, you know. Yeah, but, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, one off of, I'm one off of Bruce. 
Yeah. Right. So, but, but I, I mean, but I was one of the, but I kind of, because here's what's interesting because of my geographical location, things weren't like evolving that much. So I still kind of learned in the same way that you right. did, I think, because right. there, there weren't so many players that like the old guys, they had to use somebody like me because I owned a guitar. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, there are some similarities, even though we're apart, but it's still a little bit different. But, yeah, Bruce, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you no, off. No, no, I mean, you know, and I get that, you know, I mean, but, you know, I wanted to play with, with the guys that were playing, you know, and it was, yeah, there, right. it, it was really not, it was not a thing that, like, my generation was doing, you know, there weren't, it wasn't like, it was just the beginning of schools for this stuff, and I hardly even knew about it, and, um. But there were all these guys playing music, you know, right in a town that the rock and roll was exploding. But there was a great jazz scene too, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I just found these guys, and you know, I had to learn these tunes to play with them, and they were rough on me, you know. They said, "No, you got to learn it," you know, and and they weren't yeah. really interested in explaining it to me. It was like I had to learn it the way they did, just listen, you know, and figure it out, you know, and. Right. And then once I did it, it was also not cool to copy anybody. You know what I mean? It was like, it was right. really sort of frustrating. It was like magic, but it was, you were part of this amazing thing. And you just learned by trial and error and everybody was, yeah. was somewhat understanding, you know, and, uh, but, and, and, you know, and you just kind of did it. I mean, it was, it was very organic and, but, but yeah, I mean, we played songs. Yeah. If you didn't know the song, what the fuck good are you up there? See, when I was in... There weren't, but there weren't books we could read. There weren't any of that shit. It was like, you know the song, you play it. If you don't, then you figure it out while everybody else plays it. Right. You know? and, well, if see, you, and if you don't do that, then you really don't hang and you go home and you uh, do something else or you get it all together and come back. You know? See, when so, I was introduced right. to jazz, that's, that's how I was introduced to jazz as a guitar player. Okay, Troy, you want to be better? Okay, you're going to learn this tune, but we're learning this tune because of this, 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 and this. And it was so much heavy stuff to take in. I'm not making excuses, but I almost think that the way, Bruce, you were learning, it's just, it's like being in a cover band. Like, dude, just learn the song and know it well enough to play with us. And right, that, that right. was all and there is. And if you can't play the melody and you can't play the chords, should we let you take a solo? That doesn't sound like a good idea yeah. or a recipe for success <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, wait a minute. Like a you, you don't know the chords and you don't know the melody and you want to take a solo? Uh, what, what, what is this? You know, I, I, mean, I this feel like we make care, it. Would you, know? you, would you guys agree that guitarists probably make it more difficult than what it is by just getting so heavy into that side of it? almost first coming coming from that side does that make sense what oh, I, I think there's an argument for that for sure yeah but i wouldn't say just guitar players i would say the whole uh yeah. industry of jazz education right is is, is built on that you you and, and and i would say the music in many ways today as it stands sounds like it does because of that right uh, <laughs> But I'm going to say I also, mean, Bruce, you know, oh, that, that that might be very uncool to say, but you know, that's that's just what I'm I'm thinking is like, yeah, I mean, it's no big deal. You know, you learn the song and then you make something up on the song. That is what Louis Armstrong did. That's what everybody's really yeah. been doing ever since. No one has really rewritten that log. A couple of guys have 
done some things that are somewhat new, you know, a la Ornette Coleman and, uh, and, and John Coltrane. But um, for the most part, really what we do is we play songs and we make something out of them. You know what I mean? So right. in order to make something out of it, one would assume you're, you're predicating that basic, not, basic idea on you know what's happening in the first place. Right. I mean, if, if we're just going to go for random luck, we might as well be in Vegas, you know, playing slot machines. You know, it's definitely a lot more lucrative. Did you say, <laughs> yeah. did you say slots or slots? I said luck, I think. Oh, but, uh. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't even remember anymore. You don't expect me to pay attention to what I'm saying, do you? But I, I kind of find that interesting coming from that mindset and coming towards something as opposed to coming from a theory side as opposed to hey here's a song you got to learn this song for saturday night if you don't know it really well you you, you're gonna suck and you're not gonna do it again and right instead of the other (laughs) way is like well here this song you're gonna learn it because it's got two five ones and and this and that and it's like you kind of get detached from the song from word go in a way yeah yeah just a just a different side i don't know maybe it, it is, and you know, and I mean, it, it. But then again, you know, I mean, back to something I said a oh, hundred years ago, or maybe twenty minutes ago. Um, you know, in just the just the generational context and what's happening yeah. with the music because of the older guys aren't playing with the younger guys. The younger guys are in schools and their pods. The older guys are their teachers, and of course, they're supposed to rebel against us and stuff. I mean, that's what we want them to do. That's that's totally. how the reason moves forward. You, well, you hope that they learn enough that they can rebel against you in a convincing way. Exactly. Mm. But, but first oh, of all, good. more and more importantly, the, you have to give them the benefit of the experience of hanging with you, of being right. able to play with you at your level and experience that so that when they go and they change the game, they they're bringing that DNA with them, and yeah. uh, and and frankly, there ain't a whole lot of that anymore. And so, what's happened is is this whole beautiful culture of playing music for people, not just jazz musicians, is mm-hmm. gone. And uh, connection to a song that everybody relates to. Of course, these standards are a million years old, and I mean they're 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 before my time. You know, right. and I'm, and I'm yeah. like archaic now. You know, I mean, I'm finding dinosaur turds in my in my bathroom these days. You know what I mean? So it's like it's weird. So, um, you know, and, and so like you know, but but still, the, this ability to understand that we're hey, we're making music out of other music, and we have this generational context, and we have this melodic motific context text and this harmonic thing is being stretched out of this and, and you know this whole history of all this happening it's like a it's like a it's a dna that is yeah. being it's that to me is is just getting lost into this uh blood sport of playing good you know versus uh connection to whatever it is you're playing you know yeah. And, uh, but that's, you know, maybe in a geezer, you know, and and the young kids will will prove me wrong. Like they have proved every generation wrong. I mean, the same things were, were said actually, because I knew guys about Charlie Parker. So, you know, I'm maybe 
I'm just like blowing smoke out my ass or whatever, you know. Yeah. And of course, but, but I think you bring up. I mean, somewhere in there, you kind of you know brought up an interesting point. You know, like in in general, there's just such an emphasis in our culture now to disregard our feelings and go with information, right? Oh, that's good yeah. One. yeah. Thank you.